I want to jump right in where I left off uh, last week. I've just been um, receiving this in my spirit. And anybody been catching my videos on prayer and thanksgiving? I just really felt like God spoke to me about 21 days of prayer and thanksgiving. And it's been hard to keep up every day, so I end up uh, doing two or three days at once. But we've had a lot going on with birthday parties and all that. But it's just been in my spirit that God is calling us to be thankful. Look at somebody and say, be thankful. Come on, be thankful. And uh, last week we looked at Philippians and we saw here that it said, be anxious for nothing. How many remember that? Be anxious for nothing, but in all things. Philippians verse f- chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And we're going to go back there and just launch off into this next part. Be anxious for nothing. Come on, look at somebody and say, don't worry about it. Come on, say, don't worry, be happy, come on, come on, don't worry, be happy, man. All right, that's right. The landlord say your rent is late, you might have to litigate, don't worry, trust Jesus, don't worry, trust Jesus, I all right, that's enough. That's enough right there. All right. <laughs> but don't worry. Don't be anxious for anything. Some people are professional worriers. Do you know anybody like that? I'm not going to say any names. But some people have a degree in worrying. I mean, anything that comes up, the first thing they do is they go all the way to the extreme of the bad stuff that's going to happen. In they hear something, they see something, and immediately their mind plays out this whole script and movie of how it's going to end so horribly. We've all been guilty of that. We've played things to the nth degree and thought, this person's going to say that, then they're going to do that, then this is going to happen, and then next thing you know, I'm going to be all messed up. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression and horrible misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Come on. Some people live that way. And they think that. But it says right here, it's a command right here. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Father, we ask that you would speak to us over the next few minutes. God, give us divine utterance from the throne room. And God, I thank you that you'd help me to deliver this word that you put on my heart. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. And just to recap a little bit, we learned that the word anxious came from an old word that meant literally, how many remember, to choke. It meant to have a stranglehold. It meant to choke out the life, to choke out vision and dreams. Whenever you allow anxiety to come into your life, what it does is it puts a chokehold on the visions and dreams that God has for you. Let me tell you something. I heard something the other night, and it just rocked my world, that dreams don't have an expiration date on them. Dreams don't have an expiration. How many have some dreams in your heart that have not manifested yet? Have not come to pass. And so you know what? You don't give up on those things. You don't let go of those. You hold on because they don't expire. But anxiety and fear and doubt and unbelief will come in and put a a stranglehold on your dreams and cause you not to believe it anymore. 
But we have to not be anxious, not get choked out, not let things leave our life, but by prayer and supplication. Remember, we talked about the supply list, about mine versus thine, how we make sure that we're praying in God's will, make sure that God is going to meet our needs, he's going to answer our requests, and the way we do that is by making sure it lines up with the word of God. Now, how do we pray for this godly supply list? Anybody since last week come up with a supply list? Come on, who's got one that they keep in their Bible, huh? Anybody got a supply list that they keep on their phone? Come on, I've got on my phone things that I'm praying for, that I'm believing God. And I have them right there. When I go into my prayer closet, I just get that out and I just start thanking God for it. Now I'm going to say something that's a little on the edge here. You ready for that? There's theologians that go back and forth with, with this, but here it is. When you ask God for something, how many know that we ask God once? All right. Now there's some people and, and, and we can, we can, this is not Bible study, but there's verses in the Bible that substantiate ask and keep asking. Come on, right? And, and what we do, ask and keep asking. And then there's things to say, ask once and it's done. Now, let me step back in here to the pastor and say, here it is. We ask once, we believe we receive when we pray, and then our asking shifts. Our asking shifts then into asking in faith and asking more or less not for God to do something, but for ourself to line up with the answer. Come on, somebody. So we ask, God, this is my request. This is my supply list. I'm asking in faith. And then you move over into your asking becomes, Lord, now help me to receive. God, help me to get into this place. Help me to keep my faith on the line. Help me to keep believing for this. Now I'm asking in faith and asking for the manifestation to come. Come on, somebody. You follow on me. So you ask one time and you say, God, I believe I receive when I pray, right? Uh, Matthew 21, 22, whatever, somebody say whatever, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive them, then you shall have them. So you believe you receive when you pray. So we ask, we believe we receive, and then we move over into thanking God. We move over into expecting the manifestation. We move over into allowing faith to rise on the inside. What is faith? We pray and we ask and we believe in through and by faith. Now you know me, if you've been around any length of time, any message that I preach is going to come out with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to encourage you in faith and it's going to cause you to draw deeper into the word of God. What is faith? Faith is the, the NLT in Hebrews 11.1 one says faith is the confident assurance that we have what we hope for. And what we hope for is going to happen. It's the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the confident assurance Another version says it's the title deed. That word in the Greek literally means it's the title deed that we hold on to it. Now, uh, we've been believing God for a new family vehicle. We've got uh, some cars that are getting up there in age, and so we're believing God for a new family vehicle. And so I sold Big Red yesterday. 
the other day. Our, our van got sold on Thursday, I believe. And I wasn't thinking because I was asking my friends, pray for me that I get top dollar for this van. And we did. Come on, somebody. We got way over the blue book value. We got way over the, uh, what they would have had as trade-in value. But I wasn't smart because I sold the van before the birthday party. Come on. That was not smart. You never get rid of a van before a kid's birthday party. And here I was trying to shove things. Now we're having to drive two cars everywhere we go. It's horrible. But anyway, I left that transaction was not complete until I went up in my safe. And even though a guy came by and said, I want the car. He came the night before, looked at it, said, it's mine. He even used these words, the vehicle is mine. We want it. I was having to beat people off with a stick because I didn't realize I should have bumped it up even more. But that van, that type of vehicle is really valuable around the airport where we live. And there's a lot of people that live around us that operate taxi services and and uh, shuttle services. And they were coming at me like crazy because that low mileage and everything. And so he's like, don't let anybody else have it. It's mine. I want it. Now, was it his yet? No. And even when his son and and wife came and they started tearing off the Benjamins. Come on, somebody. That felt good. They started peeling off. They were making it rain right there in my front yard, giving me all these hundos. And even though they gave me the money, was it theirs yet? Not until I went into the safe and got out the title and said, now, as long as I hold on, come on, somebody's going to get blessed right here. As long as I hold on to this title, it is mine. It's not yours. You can't take it from me. You can't do nothing. It is mine. But until I let go of that title, then it became theirs. Faith is the title deed of what you're believing for. Come on, somebody. If you will get that down in your spirit, that the thing that you've been praying for, and when you go into your prayer closet, don't just pray willy-nilly, oh, Lord, I want this, God, I wish, I hope, you know, I want. Come on, God's not a genie. Oh, I wish this would happen. Come on, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. Come on, come on, you're shooting crap. Oh, craps. No, that's not what prayer is. Prayer in faith is saying, I know that I know that I know because I have the title deed. Come on, somebody. And until I released that title D, they couldn't take it. And what's been happening is we have been releasing, we've been signing over the title to our dreams and our visions and our needs and our supply list. We've been signing over the title to the devil. We've been signing over the title to, to unbelief. We've been signing over the title to circumstances and, and situations. We've been signing over the title to somebody else's experience. But it's time that we hold on. Come on. Hold fast to the confidence of your profession of faith. Hold on to that. Don't let go. We have to pray in faith. Faith is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. Is that how you pray? Come on, I'm going to be honest. As a pastor, I don't always pray like that. As a man of faith. Come on, you don't get much more full of faith than me. I went to Oral Roberts University. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, under the shadow of the prayer tower. Come on. 
I have another alumni right here, Felicia McNeil, alumnus extraordinaire. Under the praying hands, come on, the largest bronze statue in the world sits outside of Oral Roberts University. And you know what it is? You've probably seen it. You probably don't even know. You've probably seen people make fun of it. It is a large set of praying hands. Who's seen that before? The largest bronze statue, full, fully bronze, big old set of praying hands just like this out in front of Oral Roberts University. And there are Oral's hands there depicted in praying. And it's huge. I mean, it's a monstrosity right there. And right behind it is the prayer tower. Something that looks like it came out of the Jetsons. Back, imagine in the 60s when the school was founded. Imagine what that looked like. And here was a man that believed. He walked out onto a field. Now here Oral Roberts was. A man that grew up stuttering, couldn't talk. He was, he had tuberculosis. He was dying. And all of a sudden, God said, Oral, build me a university. Build it on the Holy Spirit and on my authority. How many know that was unheard of back then? Now you could have a little Bible college. You could have something that was a, you know, Bible college, but you didn't have a university, a fully accredited university built on the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'll do it. And then he said, Raise up your students to hear my voice, to go where my light is dim and my voice is heard small, where my power is not yet known. Their work shall exceed yours, and in that I am well pleased. And so Oral walked out to a field, nothing there, cow patties and, and, uh, and straw and hay and grass, and he looked there and he saw by faith a university. He saw every building sitting out there. He saw them futuristic looking and he walked that and he saw it and he went and he bought that farm knowing that God was going to do something. And today it stands firm as a fully accredited university with thousands and thousands of the graduates. Some people that you've heard of. Anybody heard of Kathy, Kathy Lee Gifford? Come on. Anybody heard of these people that graduated from Oral Roberts University and these people that went on to do great things? He built the city of faith. God told him to build this building, the tallest building in Oklahoma. And he built it by faith. And cancer research came from there. And so many things happened. And God did that by faith. Now he could have looked and and people looked at him and said, you are absolutely nuts. That's not going to happen. But what did he have? He had a title deed. Come on, somebody. Before he even had it, he saw it. You've got to believe in order for us to pray in confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. We've got to have that down in our spirit and believe we receive it when we pray. Somebody say amen to that. I've also got a letter that was with that title in the safe. And it was a letter from Chase Bank. The funny thing is we bought that van Eight years ago, seven years ago, and when we lived in Colorado, and I looked on the letter today, and today's the first time I noticed it. It said Chase Bank, and it said Fort Worth, Texas, where the headquarters was. I thought, oh man, look at that. How, how cool is that? But there was a letter with that title that they sent to me a few months later, a year later, and it said, Mr. Hamp. Thank you. This is a letter to certify that your loan, your vehicle loan, has been paid in 
full. Come on, somebody. We, we got this van and, and we paid on it for a minute and then, Elsha grandmama, come on somebody. And then uh, April's grandmother said, I tell you what, I'm going to send you a check to pay off the van. We said, thank you, Jesus. And we paid it off within a year. We, we bought the Mercedes before that. We paid on it for a year. All of a sudden, Elsha grandmama sent a check and said, pay off the Mercedes. I said, glory to God. We're getting ready to buy another vehicle. And I said, God, can you send checks from heaven? Come on. And grandma's been gone for a couple of years, but we're still believing that. But anyway, it said it's been paid in full. And I was looking at that letter and it blessed me so much because what did Jesus do? How can we believe by faith? How can we have a confident expectation, assurance that what we pray we're going to have? Because what did he do on Calvary? He sent every one of us a letter when he stretched his arms out. And hung his head and said, Tetelestai, it is finished. He said that the debt, everything you're believing for, everything you need and want has been paid in full. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Because when he said it, he meant it and it's done and you have the letter to prove it. That it's paid in full. Why do I wear a cross around my neck that's empty? Because it's paid in full. Come on, somebody. I know there's a certain religious persuasion that wears a cross with Jesus on it. But I don't wear a crucifix with Jesus on it. Because he's not on there anymore. Come on, somebody. Because on the third day, he got up. Come on. Thank God for that. He's not there anymore. He's alive. And because of it would have been one thing for him to make these declarations and to say all these things and for us to believe in that and him still be on the cross. How many know it wouldn't happen? See, when you, how many have ever been in someone's will? <laughs> Come on, I've just had broke relatives. I'm not, I'm not like April. We'd, <laughs> we had broke relatives. Nobody wanted to go to the, to go to the estate reading. It's like, let's see, they owed $20,000. So now that's yours. Who wants that? <laughs> who wants to pay this bill? Who wants to, who wants to pick up the tab for the funeral costs? No, no, no. But I tell you what, when you have that relative that leaves you something in the will, it doesn't go into effect. Come on, somebody. The will, your name could be in there. They could say, I'm going to leave you everything. But it doesn't go into effect until they die. Until the testator dies. And then... It doesn't go into effect until someone, an executor is named, an executor comes back and says, now this is how it's going to go. Everybody following me? Jesus laid it out. He said, this is why you can ask in faith. This is why you can have what you believe. This is why you can have the things that you desire. The desires you have in your life, they're from God. How many know that? They're from God. And the reason you can have them is because Jesus said, I'm leaving you my last will and new testament. He said, I'm leaving it to you. I've written it out. I'm leaving it to you. And then he died so it would go into action. Some might say, thank God. And he's the only one that ever died, wrote a will, died so it would go into action and then came back from the grave to be the executor of his own will come on somebody aren't you thankful for that so we have that confident assurance that if we pray we'll have whatsoever we desire
Thank you, Lord. James chapter 5 verse 15 says, The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. That word save is the Greek word sozo. It will make it whole. It will remedy anything that is out of whack, and it will raise him up. So I'm asking you today, what in your life is sick? Is your body sick? If you're sick in body today, if you're racked with pain, if you have a dis-ease or a disorder, something that is out of order or out of ease, then let me tell you something. He was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, and with his stripes you were healed. I'm glad nobody got that this morning. I said you were healed. Come on, do I have anybody in here who were healed? Come on. Some people am sick, but do I have anybody in here who were healed? How many would rather be were healed than am sick? Come on, so you've got to grab a hold of that and get the confident assurance that I am healed. I was healed. It's already done. It's a done deal. So we can have that. What else is sick in your life? What else is out of order? Relationships out of order. Maybe you have some relationships that have had that wedge in between them and they're out of order. Let me tell you something. God is love. God is love and he desires for us to dwell together in unity. And when we get together in unity, he commands a blessing right there. So maybe if that's low in your life, he's going to raise that up. Maybe it's your mind. Maybe it's your thoughts. You have the mind of Christ Jesus. You have a bright and wonderful mind. What's sick in your life? Pray the prayer of faith and allow sozo to take place. Hallelujah. This is a principle that works. It's not a gimmick. It's not a scheme. And somebody may have questions say, why does it only work in America? Why does it only work for TV preachers? Come on. How many have ever thought that? I'm going to be honest. Come on, this is church. You can be honest. That only works in America. That only works for those TV preachers. That don't work for me. Come on. That doesn't work. It works everywhere. Why? Because it's a principle of God's word. Prosperity doesn't just mean I want to drive a Cadillac and live in a mansion. It means that I want every need met. That I have confident assurance that every need is met. How many know that you need to prosper in your health? Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. So how many know a healthy body is prosperity? So do you have a problem with the prosperity gospel now? Isn't that amazing that people say they have a problem with prosperity preachers? They have a problem with prosperity gospel. Then why don't you want to be sick? Why shouldn't you be, shouldn't you be sick and sad? Shouldn't you take a vow, of, a vow of sickness? Come on, how many no one's done that? I want to be sick. I want to be tormented the rest of my life in Jesus' name. No, because health is part of prosperity. So we receive that. And then he says, Beloved, I wish above all things thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. So how many know that good mental health is prosperity? Come on, good mind, good head on your shoulders is prosperity. How many say, I want to be depressed? 
I want to be full of anxiety. Come on, I want to be fearful. No, everybody who deals with that, and God bless you, if you're there and you're dealing with that, I I love you and I'm praying for you and believing God with you. But everyone who's dealing with that, you say, I don't want to be that way anymore. I'm taking things to help me not be that way. I'm praying, I'm trying, I'm struggling. Every time that thing comes on me, it angers me. Am I right? Why? Because you don't want it. That's because it's not from God. Man, I hope somebody's getting blessed today. The prosperity gospel is not just something that works for TV preachers and it's a gimmick and a scheme. It's the gospel. It's good news. You notice I haven't mentioned money one time. But guess what? That's part of it too. I believe that thou mayest prosper. The dreams and visions you have inside of you came from God. I see some women here with, with jewelry on. I see some women here with some nice shoes on. Come on, I was looking on Facebook. The memory came up a couple days ago when you guys all went to, remember when we first started the church and the ladies went to, went shoe shopping? That was a holy moment right there. <laughs> Come on. The Bible studies they weren't excited about. The, the, the prayer meetings weren't as excited. But the shoe shopping trip. That was anointed right there. You know, April, Pastor April even had scripture for it. She's like, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news. Come on. She's like, we got to even have scripture on that. Come on. Some of you get that tomorrow. So my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Right there. And so uh, we drive past that place and I think, man, they, they, they do that. Women have an anointing for shoes. And I'm not just saying women. I shouldn't just say women because up in this church, come on, Brother Lynn and I, we've got it locked down. Come on. We probably have more shoes than our wives. <laughs> and they're fly too. Come on, Brother Lynn. <laughs> we look good in them. I got a new pair for my birthday and I've been trying to wear them for weeks. And I just got to get the right outfit because they're, 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 you guys ain't ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ain't ready for this, but I got to get the right outfit for them. But you know what it is? It's a desire that was put inside of you. Come on, Melanie. Now I know you love to have nice shoes. You love to have it all together. Now, you know what? That desire came from God. That's a godly desire. For you to have nice things. For you to have those things. And so that means that it's okay. Right? So it's okay for you to have those. God put it in there. Is anybody getting anything today? Come on. I'm teaching you how to pray. Teaching you how to not be anxious for things. Don't allow a chokehold to come on your life. Just receive it by faith. And say, God, I thank you. Because here it is, we need to know that we can pray and believe God. I see people in Africa, whenever I go to Africa, whenever I go overseas, I see prosperity at work in the lives of people. I see people that are, I look at them like, how old are they? Oh, they have just reached 85 years old. I'm like, what? And they just walk three days to get to the meeting and they're strong as can be. And I'm like, and you're 85 years old? Here, I'm half your age. And I'm like, man, I walk down the hall of the mall and I'm looking for the bench. 
Come on, somebody. These guys walked for three days to get to the service, to lay down on the ground and sleep and eat just a few meals just to hear the uncompromised word of God and get a little something because their soul is prospering. They're in health. They're in a place where health is almost impossible to have. They're flourishing like the palm. Why? Because they believe the word of God and they're praying faith. Why do miracles work in Africa and they don't work here sometimes? Because they pray in faith. Because that's all they have. You and I, we get sick. We pop down to urgent care. We go to the ER. And now, you know, they made it a little harder. we got to have insurance. Come on. And if you don't have good insurance, this message brought to you by UAA Health Advisors, uh, Yamil Teeler, right in the back there. <laughs> but I'm telling you, he's, you know, we have insurance. We can go do things. We can go to, to the doctor. We can go get help. And even if you don't have insurance, they're not going to turn your way. But you go in another country, and they're like, excuse me? UA who? Etna what? You know, they don't, they don't know what insurance is. They don't care. There might not even be any doctors in the village. There might not be anything. All you have is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. Come on, somebody. They pray in faith. I've seen people pray. We were going to Uganda one time, and there were kids, children, that had been praying for 24 hours straight all through the night praying for our arrival and we got this the children have been praying all night long to receive you i was like oh you know i'm thinking oh that's nice they're like no all night long i'm like all night like for a couple all night long they didn't go they didn't sleep they're just smiling they didn't sleep all night long dear god and so we got to the village And I mean, this is still burnt in my mind. We got to the village and we came to the edge of the village and all these children lining the sides of the road and they've got branches and they're shaking them and they're singing and they're dancing and they're praising the Lord. (laughs) And they're praising the Lord. Why? Because we're coming down the road. Not because we're anything, but because they knew and they were praying by faith that we were bringing a message of hope, that we had the word of the Lord on the inside of us, that faith and healing and, and joy was coming. And they had been praying for that, and they saw the manifestation of their prayers coming around the corner. Man, if we would get that, if we would pray that way, and if we would believe we receive like that, I'm telling you, things would begin to happen in your life. We get a hold of things and, and then all of a sudden because, oh, it doesn't look the way I thought or, or something didn't go right, then we just cast our confidence away. We give our title away. I'm telling you, you need to hold on. It works everywhere because it's the abundant life that Jesus promised. Amen. In the New Testament church, they believed by faith. They prayed in faith. Remember, they were praying for Peter. He was, he was in prison. He was facing death. And they were praying. And then all of a sudden, they were praying in faith. And right in the middle of the prayer, they heard a knock at the door. Like, what is that? What is that? Leave us alone. We're in a mighty prayer meeting right now. Somebody, we can't open the door. We're praying. We're believing God for our brother. All of a sudden, somebody opened the door. They're like, come on in. It's, come on in. We're having a prayer meeting for Peter. 
wait, it's Peter. Come on. Peter's out. Come on. They were surprised. They were in awe. They're like, wait, wait. We've been we up here praying for you. And here he is at the door. He says, I know it worked. Come on, somebody. How many are ready for some it worked testimonies? Hallelujah. Come on, just throw your hands up right now and just thank God. Just thank God for having that faith to say it worked, it worked, it worked. God, I thank you that you just deposit that down in our spirit. God, that we just know that we're praying according to your will. We're believing by faith. And God, we declare that it works. Somebody shout it works. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We need to pray. Jesus told us in his model prayer. He said, pray, thy will be done as it is in heaven, so it is on earth. Why is it that we can't receive these things? Why is it that we can't believe these things? Because if we want to pray according to the will of God, all we have to do is say, what is your will? Your will is that everything is on earth as it is in heaven. What does heaven look like? Come on, heaven is a place where there's nothing there that's anti-God. So why should you put up with things in your life that are anti-God? Why should you put up with things in your home that are anti-God? Why should you put up with things in your belief that are anti-God? Hallelujah. It doesn't say, if it be thy will. Jesus didn't say, pray if it be thy will. He said, pray thy will be done. We've got to move over from believing to knowing. Come on, I'm a believer, not a doubter. I believe God. But we've got to move over to that place of knowing that we know that we know that we know that if God said it, he's going to do it. What is heaven like? When you get a revelation of the kingdom of God, it'll help you to pray. Guess what? There's no sickness in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. Nobody's unsaved in heaven. Come on, there's joy in heaven. And so that's what our life should look like. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. We've got to have faith to believe that God wants his will for our life and that it's going to show up. You say, well, why have bad things happened? Why am I believing? And I'm right in the middle and all of a sudden all hell is breaking loose. Anybody felt that way? Man, I'm trusting you, but everything's going wrong. I didn't do anything. I didn't make any mistakes. I didn't, I didn't come down off of my prayer, but things are going wrong in my life. As my study time, I was taken to John chapter 9, where Jesus heals a man that was born blind. And his disciples said to him, they said, Who's, who sinned, this man or his parents? What caused this? What caused this to happen? Have you ever been thinking about that lately? What did I do? Did I do something wrong? God, did I do something? Did, is something going on? What, what is it? What's causing everything to go bad? And this was Jesus' answer. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God would be displayed in him. I might blow some of your minds right now. Some of what you're going through is demonic oppression. And you've got to recognize that. You've got to understand that. 
And when the enemy comes and anything that's anti-God and anti the calling on your life, you need to rebuke it in the name of Jesus and take authority over it. Some of what you're going through, you caused. How many fess up and be honest and say, you know what? I made this bed right here. I was warned. I was, I was, you know, I was told. I saw the signs, but I walked right into it. I did it anyway, and now I'm reaping the benefits, or, or I'm reaping the curses. And I did this myself. So what you got to do there is you got to repent and ask God to forgive me and remove this, redeem my life. But there's other things that you're going through right now that you're in the middle of that God allowed because the works of God would be displayed in what you're doing. Hallelujah. And that word, the works of God would be displayed, it's the same Greek word that means manifested. Come on, somebody. Don't give up. We still have a month and a half left in 2018. And if you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it a thousand times. And you're going to hear me say it until 1159, December 31st. And then you know what I'm going to say after that? The same thing. This is the year of manifestation. How many believe that today? Hallelujah. So many times we won't stand in faith. We won't believe. We won't speak because we're trying to protect God. We won't say things because we don't want God to look foolish. <laughs> really, I don't think it's that. We don't want ourselves to look foolish. We don't because we don't really believe it. I took a preacher with me to Africa one time and I paid his way to go. We through the ministry that I was working with, allowed him to go. He really had always wanted to go and we were sitting there in the hotel and he said, Reverend, he always called me Reverend, Reverend. He said, I just, I can't believe we're sitting right here in Africa. He said, I've always wanted to be in Africa. He goes, you know, people, I used to feel so sorry for you. He said, you didn't even know people were laughing at you behind your back. He said, people were making fun of you. You used to talk crazy all the time. You're always talking about how you were going to be preaching in Africa and, and you were going to have this and have that and how you were going to be doing this and preaching in this church and, and ministering with T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen and how you're going to be doing all this stuff. And, you know, people used to laugh behind your back. And he said, but now here we are sitting right here in Africa and you've made my heart's desire come to pass. He's like, Reverend. I don't understand. It's like the crazy talk. He just kept talking. And I just say, why don't he just keep it to himself? Why has he got to say, he's embarrassing himself. Guess what? I'm going to continue to talk crazy. I'm going to continue to speak what God says. I'm going to continue till I take my dying breath to declare the thus saith the Lord over my life. No matter what it looks like, no matter what anybody says, no matter what's going on, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, this is what God has spoken over my life and it will come to pass. 
and I believe I receive, not when I see it, but I believe I receive right when I pray and right when God tells me it's going to happen. And I challenge you today that are here to not let go. When God speaks something to you, believe you receive it. All He wants, all He commanded us to do in His Word is just believe. If we can do that, we're going to see things change in our life. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. Who cares what it looks like? What if Jesus was moved by what he saw? What if Jesus came to earth and was like, man, this isn't the way it was supposed to be. Nobody wants to be like, God, I thought I was coming down here to, to be the savior of the world. Nobody wants to even hear me. What if he had given up? Look at all the famous people in the world that we all look to and celebrate. And, and what if they had given up? Thomas Alva Edison took him 2,000 attempts to make the light bulb. How many are thankful he didn't give up? We'd be sitting up in here with a candle. And he said, I didn't have 2,000 mistakes. He said it was 1,999 chances to keep going on and get it right. And some of you are looking out there and saying, man, I've messed up and I've made a mistake here and this didn't work and this doesn't look like I thought it was. Don't give up. It's not a failure. It's just a chance for you to say, God, I believe I receive. I trust you and I know that this is so your glory will be displayed. This is so manifestation will come. Why? Because when the world starts seeing God's children living like heaven, then guess what? They say, I know that's God. Why is my mother sitting here on the front row? One, she don't have a choice. We grab her up every Sunday and make her come to church. No, she's here because she knows what God has done in my life. She knows what I had, what I didn't have. She knows what was miraculous, what we made happen. And so if nothing else, she says, you know what? I believe what you say because I know what God's done in your life. Why is my wife over here after all the hell I've put her through over the last 12, 14 years? Because she says, you know what? Even though it's rough right now, I know God's going to come through. And I know he's going to do what he said. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. Put together a little video for my daughter for her birthday the other day. And I'm showing and I, tears began to stream down my face because I thought, my God, in nine years, this little girl has done more than people who are four or five times her age. She's had an amazing life already. And then I just began thanking God. I'm like, Lord, because I chose to follow you, because I chose to do what you said, even though it was rough at times, you've afforded us a pretty darn good life. God, I thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, how many have confident assurance, divine expectation, a title deed that if he said it, he's going to bring it to pass. Come on, I believe that we're going to have the greatest holiday season that we've ever had. I said it last week, I was praying and I'm believing God for everyone to have a stress-free, joyous, 
momentous holiday season. The best one yet. It's not going to be worry. You're not going to be figuring out how you're going to make ends meet. You're not going to be stressed out. You're not going to be fighting. You're not going to have this. It's going to be joy. It's going to be peace. It's going to be prosperity. How many are ready to receive that? Thank you, Jesus. God, we, we worship. We come on right where you are. Just slip your hands towards heaven. Kneel, sit, stand, whatever you want to do. Whatever posture you need to be in to just believe you receive right now. Mighty God, we thank you, Lord, that you are all-powerful. God, we thank you that your ways are just, Lord. We thank you that there's nobody like you, God. There's nothing like you in all the earth. God, and today we just stand on your word. God, we're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we feel. But we're moved by faith in the Son of God. And today... By the power vested in me as a man of God, I take authority over everything that is contrary to the thus saith the Lord over the lives of your people. God, I take authority over sickness and disease. I command it to come out right now by the authority of Jesus' name. I take authority over distracting and demonic spirits. I take authority over confusing devils. Right now, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus by the authority of Jesus' name. I take authority over everything that would try to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ Jesus right now. And I say that your people are free by the authority of Jesus. Name. I take authority over every destructive spirit. I speak to people's mind, people's body, to people's finances. Devil, you take your hands off. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that you give us a mind, Lord God, that we can hear from you and do what we need to do. God, I release things that have been tied up. Right now, I speak to people's finances and I release money. From sources they didn't even know of. God, I release it in Jesus' name. Those that have had things that have been tied up. Things that have been waiting in litigation. Yeah, I release it right now. Right now. Things that have been held up in the court system. I release it. Uh, Unclaimed funds. I release it in the name of Jesus. I release raises, bonuses on jobs by the authority of Jesus' name. I release promotions. Somebody here has been believing to go to the next level. But you say, I just can't do it. I can't get past it. I release promotions in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you right now. Open up new jobs, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for a wellspring of life. I thank you for our musicians, God. I thank you that you open up things that are going to bless them, Lord God. Father, I thank you that they will get things that they don't have to compromise, but yet the money is more than they ever dreamed of. In the name of Jesus, God, I give you praise. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we believe we receive it. God, we thank you for the touch of God right now. Thank you, mighty God. Father, I thank you for touching Melanie right now.